0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Running Effect podcast with Dominic Schlieder. I'm your host, Dominic, and I'm very excited you've clicked on today's episode. I've been wanting to make this one happen for legitimately over a year. It's because I get to sit down with the one and only Natalie Cook. Natalie was so accomplished in high school. She is undoubtedly one of the greatest runners in Texas high school history. Uh, Her senior year, she won both the East Bay and Running Lane National Championships. She ran like 9.44 in the 3200, uh, did some absolutely insane things. She was the Gatorade cross-country girls player of the year. So many incredible things in high school, and now she's a freshman at Oklahoma State, where just as a freshman, she placed seventh on the grass at the NCAA cross-country championships just this past fall, and then a few weeks later, she ran like 15.24 in the 5K. So absolutely incredible. And Natalie has this incredibly joyful and enthusiastic personality that made this conversation very enjoyable and insightful. One quick note before we hop right into it, I would greatly appreciate it if you have not already to give us a five-star review and a follow on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and then also consider someone who you think would benefit from the podcast or today's episode and shoot them uh, the podcast or this episode their way. Uh, In doing so, we can reach new people and hopefully inspire them in the process. So without further ado, enjoy my conversation with the one and only Natalie Cook. Natalie Cook, welcome to the Running Effect podcast. How are you doing this evening?
1: Hi, I'm doing good, how about you? I'm doing
0: good, stoked for this interview. As you know, I just said that like a minute ago, very excited for <laughs> today's conversation. I'm curious, as we sit here today, what does like a normal day in your life look like these days in March, 2023?
1: Um, I guess today I woke up and I went and I cross trained for like an hour and a half on the bike. And then it was a pretty chill day. I went to class, I went to my English class pretty easy wrote an essay today then just got lunch now I'm just chilling out
0: what's like your favorite class and least favorite class and hopefully your professors don't listen to this and they're like mm-hmm. why'd you say that was your least favorite class
1: I'd have to say my entrepreneurship class I'm a business major in marketing and yeah not really a big fan of that class really no she just okay if she's hearing this I'm sorry she's you not there's you. no I way but she just reads off the slides, like, the whole entire time. So I'm just, like, it's a little boring, but it's okay.
0: Yeah, well, in, like, five years, come back to me, and the running effect will hire you for entrepreneurship and business. <laughs> um, but I'm curious, like, how would you, like, as a senior in high school, I'm curious, like, how would you compare college versus high school? Like, which one do you think is harder? Like, what are the classes like?
1: Um, I'd have to say college is definitely harder to, like, balance. I mean – We have like practice at 2.30, and then we have weights at 4.30, and then I have dinner and all this stuff. I don't come back to my dorm until like 7.30, so it's really hard to squeeze in all the schoolwork because I make all my classes nine o'clock until like 12, so I can bang out everything. So yeah, I'd, I'd have to say all my senior classes were all like online besides one, so yeah, I'd have to say College classes definitely.
0: So, when you graduated from high school, you were still online?
1: Yes, I was mostly online. We had like the choice, and I picked all online so (laughs) I could just chill out in my bed a little bit more. (laughs) But yeah, it was really nice. My junior and senior, I was all online, basically. I
0: was, re- I mean, I reflect on this a decent amount, but like how far away COVID seems like. I was a freshman back then. You were like a junior or senior. It, it, does it feel like yesterday to you or does it feel like a whole different like time period?
1: It feels so long ago. Like it just feels so long. I feel like so many things have just changed. It's just crazy.
0: Yeah, totally. Thinking back to those those years at home during COVID, like what, what are some of your fondest recollections or memories of those, you know, one just, or two years?
1: Hmm, I would have to say playing knockout with like my parents and all that stuff every single day and just going hikes and all that. That's in the pool. That's about it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so let's go yeah, back I- to those those high school years in Texas. What's it like living in Texas? I'm curious, I'm about to visit Austin in like two weeks. So never been to Texas before. What are like your favorite parts about Texas?
1: Mm, it's a little bit hot, but the good <laughs> thing is, it's flat, it's nice to run at. I mean, there's not really that many trails. So if you're looking for some trails, I mean, Flower Mound's a little bit different than where you headed to.
0: Austin, which is definitely Austin, not trails. Austin
1: will definitely have a lot of stuff to go to compared to Flower Mound. Flower run, there's not that much stuff to do.
0: <laughs> so I'm curious, let's go back to the very beginning of Natalie Cook's running journey. Take us through how you got got it started in the sport of running.
1: Um, I started running whenever I was little. My parents put me, first I played soccer for a little bit. And then I was running, I was a little sprinter at this track club called um, Flower Mon Track Club. So I joined the team, I just did like 100 meters, in low four by 100 meter relays and all that stuff. And I actually got into it during middle school. We had the 3000 and the mile and I actually started really liking it my seventh and eighth grade year. And then by eighth grade, I broke five minutes of the mile. So I was really happy about that. So I decided to run in high school and my dad coached me for a little bit and I did well my freshman year. Then my sophomore year, um, I got injured well, leading up to my junior I got injured. And then my senior year, I had a really good year. So, yeah.
0: Do you miss those original years when you were in the sport when you were doing the 100 4x1 one and it was just like done in an instant, whereas now you're like in the 6K <laughs> on a grueling cross-country course that takes like 19 minutes?
1: I know. It's just crazy how I used to run like the 100 meters. Uh, I don't know. I like... I like the long distance stuff. It's fun. It's just crazy how I used to run like the four by one and all that stuff. I actually used to be a high jumper as well.
0: I love that. So so are you going to make a high jump return <laughs> in the coming months or years? I'm,
1: I'm like debating about it. I wanted to try it like the other day, but not going to, sadly.
0: <laughs> so at what point did you go from just like purely running because it was something you enjoyed slash thought you were good at to like, wow, I'm actually really good at this and could probably be one of the best in the country at it?
1: Um, probably like my freshman year, I did really well at this meet. I ran like seventeen thirty, and I was like, "Oh, wow, this is actually going really well." I was training with um the guys' team, like during, like the guys and girls team. I'd switch off. I remember with the guys on my hard days, easy days, the girls, and um I just noticed I just loved like improving and all that stuff. I just saw a rapid growth of improvement and. I did well during that track season as well. I broke four, fi- I ran four fifty and ten twenty. So yeah,
0: I think you said you broke five minutes in the mile as an eighth grader, which is absolutely bonkers because that was like my that was when I really started getting invested in the sport. <laughs> was like my seventh grade year because I was like, I feel like, okay, this is a horrible comparison and any sub four miler is going to make fun of me for saying this but like as a middle schooler i feel like breaking five is the equivalent of breaking four like if you do it you're a legend it like means the <laughs> world like the the success in the future is like it's just so right there because you broke five it's like the biggest deal for a middle schooler and i remember going into eighth grade year like i trained my butt off and i like got so close to breaking five and i didn't end up doing it so i'm a little jelly you did it your eighth grade <laughs> year um take me through that and i mean that's just Remarkable. Do you ever reflect back on like how fast you were back in the day? Not that you're not fast now, but that's (laughs) that's unreal.
1: Um, I mean, I look back at it now. I'm just like, dang, that was pretty crazy and how I was able to do that. But I don't really know how I did that. To be honest with you, I was just, I was running pretty like low mileage, just normal stuff. So I'm just like, I don't understand. Just in my jeans, I guess.
0: <laughs> I'm curious, like, when you're running that fast, that young, maybe some people would be worried that, like, oh, I don't have that much room to improve because so many high school girls who break five, like, go on to run D1, and they strive to break f- five, like, all four years of high school, which is still really, really fast. But to do it as an eighth grader, like, how did you stay falling in love with the sport and not get ahead of yourself when you were so fast, so young?
1: Well, I say that... My coaches, they didn't really do that much with me. So that led for further improvement along the road through high school and all that. Um, I feel like I've always been pretty motivated and self-driven. So I never really got worried about like, oh, I ran this time then and all that stuff. Like, I always want to get faster. I think everyone, every runner wants to get faster and improve every single year. And um, I wasn't doing that much, so I was like, oh, I get to do more like the next year because I wasn't that injury prone during the time. I didn't know it was going to be injury prone during the time. So my freshman year, I ran like 40, 45 miles a week during the time. So, yeah.
0: So you go from running like 40 to 45. At what point did you realize that like, okay, injuries are a thing in this sport and maybe I should like tone it down a little bit to, you know, meet the needs of my body?
1: Okay. So I used to run with the guys in high school and we would go on these new loops and fresh and me were like, Ooh, I want to go try this, this new loop. But this new loop is like eight miles eight and a half miles. So I would go do that. And then a couple years later, that caught caught up to me because <laughs> I would just be like, Ooh, I want to go explore this place. i want to go explore this place. Cause I just love to run. And sadly I learned the hard way that my body did not like that <laughs> eventually because I thought I was running 40, 45 miles a week, I may have ran more during the time because I just like to venture out and I was really tracking my mileage during the time, but yeah.
0: So what was that like first injury like and how did you deal with it because every runner can relate to the experience of like being injured for the first or second time and it's just like crushing.
1: Yeah, it was really terrible to hear the news. So basically my junior year, um, we were running at like the meets and all that stuff and I was doing fine during the beginning of the year, during cross-country season, but towards like the end, like during regionals, I think that's when I broke my foot, my navicular bone. Yikes. So, I would kept running on it because I thought it was just tendonitis during the time. And then after state, I was limping and I couldn't walk at all afterwards. So, I went to the doctor, the doctor said it was a navicular stress fracture and you're crazy. Like, in a third metatarsal stress fracture, like, you're crazy how have you been running this whole entire time on it? I'm like, it's just 10 nights, I'm five. What are you talking about? He's like, you gotta be on crutches for like eight weeks. So I was on crutches for eight weeks and we had a Disney World trip coming up, a Disney World trip. So I had to go crutch along at Disney World during that <laughs> time as well. So that was terrible. But um, during the time I did like my dad, he put me, my dad was my coach at the time. So he put me on the varsity swim team. The swim team woke up at five in the morning to hop in this cold pool. I was not a fan of it. So I go in this pool for the first time and I'm like, what is this? I just get put on these practices. I'm like dying and it was terrible. I hated it so much. And then in the evenings I would do like a forty five minute cycle bar class on top of it. And I would just be dead by the end of the day. I would go to PT and all that stuff. But yeah, it was it was hard, but I really wanted to come back from this injury stronger, and my hard work paid off eventually after a year and a half of dealing with it because I ended up getting bone spurs all the time, my feet. So I thought my foot was broken again. So I ended up getting an MRI and it was clear and it was just a pain in the butt the whole entire time.
0: Well, you said you were motivated and driven earlier, but I was like, yeah, absolutely. You're motivated and driven. Like, I know that, I know how hard you work. And then you said your dad threw you in swim and you wake up at 5 a.m. and then you go and cycle later that evening. I'm like, what? yeah, she wasn't joking. So how, how, was not joking. how many weeks or days or months did it take for you to drop out of swim, <laughs> convince your dad to let you drop out? Um,
1: it took me like, I think there was one day where I'm like, I cannot wake up this early anymore <laughs> and go in this pool anymore. And then after that, he was like, okay, I can finally start ellipticaling. So that's when I found my passion towards elliptical. <laughs> I started doing like an hour elliptical during like COVID and all that stuff. Because I didn't have an access to a pool during the time. So I would elliptical during COVID, then bike with my dad. We, he actually got me a road bike. So I biked around Flower Mound. And I actually did like one bike, which was like an hour and a half long. And my parents were like, where were you at? (laughs) Where did you go? But it was, yeah.
0: What are some of those things about high school? Obviously most high schoolers don't wake up at 5 a.m. but like that reminds me of high school. Like you definitely have like a very set schedule. Not that you don't in college, but in high school, everything's very much laid out for you and you just follow that pattern. What are some of the things you miss and don't miss about your high school years?
1: Hmm, I like the flexibility in college. Like, I feel like I have, like, more flexibility to do things on my time schedule since the classes are more um, online-based, which is nice. I say in high school, you have to follow, like, you have to be at school at this time, it ends at this time, and all that stuff. So that can be a pain in the butt. But, yeah, it's more flexible in college, in my opinion.
0: What was it like growing up in Texas where, when you think of the 50 states, like, Texas is – up there, California, people are gonna get butt hurt if I say Texas is the best state, but like it's <laughs> it's definitely between probably you and California of like uh, states with the consistently best runners in the country where the competition is always remarkable and you look at the state meet results and regardless of the classification, it's always very, very competitive. So what was it like being brought up within the state of Texas within the sport of running?
1: Um, It was always very competitive. Um, I feel like there's always so many talented ladies to compete with all the time and i felt like it made me better as a runner i've always strived like i always had like a goal to be um in the top three at state and i was always just two places behind i was always getting fifth place in the state of texas so yeah it's definitely nice to have um people to push you all the time there
0: so going into your senior year like if i would have told you you would have accomplished what you ended up accomplishing would you have believed it
1: No, I would not. I was like in shock. I was like, "How is this possible?" (laughs) I mean, my um junior year, my last race, I ran a five oh nine mile. I was crushed. It was because I was coming back from a shin injury. Actually, my doctor thought I um, had a stress fracture in my shin, but I didn't get an MRI, so I ended up taking time off, and yeah that was like my last race i ran like 509 miles so i was in complete shock after that
0: (laughs) so what are like natalie cook's biggest principles for bouncing back from an injury or setback because to go from 509 to like double national champion you got the secret sauce so spill the tea
1: Um, i'd have to say just cross train your butt off and do a lot of um physical therapy i feel like that helped me get stronger um yeah, I did a lot of cross training during the offseason leading up to my um, senior year. During summer, I think I would do like 45-minute ellipticals on top of my six-mile runs, which is probably like a little bit too much during the time, but I was pretty motivated. So I really wanted to have the best senior year ever whenever I was coming into it.
0: So like that's a physical perspective, I think a big part of injuries is mental and like, like mentally building back the confidence once you're coming back from an injury, because they're just like mentally devastating. When as runners, most of us are like type A, we like want thing's a specific way. And then it just crushes our hearts when it doesn't go that way. And then to be out for a certain amount of time, it definitely takes a mental toll. So for the mental side of coming back, what would your advice be on building back confidence and trusting in yourself again?
1: I would just say, just be positive. Just know it's going to be a long road ahead, but you can come back from this. You can see all these other, all these runners, all these prof- professional runners have dealt with an injury before. Most of them have. And they've always usually bounced back and get back where they are or even better. You can get better by cross training. You can. I feel like you can improve your fitness by cross training your butt off.
0: So, that senior year, you win two national titles, uh, Running Lane and Foot Locker. I, I'm hoping it was Foot Locker back then. They change the name, like, every two weeks these I, days.
1: I don't think it's Foot
0: Locker. Well, right now, it's, it's Champs. It's,
1: it's called East Bay. It's East Bay. It was East Bay when you won it? It was East Bay, Okay.
0: Yeah. It went from Foot Locker to East Bay to Champs, and now I think it's supposedly going back to Foot Locker, but I, I'm, yeah, I've lost track I at think. this point. I
1: saw, like, the other time. So,
0: anyways, you win uh, East Bay and Running Lane. Um, what was what were those experiences like and just like your senior year as a whole like just going lights out every race and really cementing yourself as like one of the greatest runners in texas history
1: i think that um should i go like race by race
0: sure yeah whatever you want to
1: okay so my first race was woodbridge i was dealing with tendinitis again so i was running 10 miles a week beforehand and i ran in vaporflies and i got third so i was like oh that was like really surprising to me because it wasn't running I took like a week off beforehand so like that's surprising I ran districts that went well regionals I did extremely well I ran up the hills and I had one of my best races there um state went well our team ended up winning which was good and then for footlocker I meant I'll go to running lane first running lane was really cool I wasn't going to compete in that meet actually but then I decided to because it was going to be our last meet as like a team wise and um, I wanted to compete with my team so I actually decided to run in it and I was actually freaking out before the race because like oh no I'm gonna do so bad and all this stuff like I freak out no matter what like I think like before the two mile at New Balance I was like freaking out completely <laughs> to death. like that's just how I am no matter what I'm always gonna be that way but I say the experience there was really cool. I like the people there. And for Foot Locker, I loved meeting all these new people. And I thought the meet was really cool besides the hills. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what was the, the experience to cross the finish line, like winning running lane, winning East Bay? Like what were the emotions crossing the finish line? Particularly maybe a little more meaningful with your journey and with what you had to go through and specifically your previous junior year. Like I feel like the the valleys make the peaks all the sweeter. So what was that like? Yes.
1: I feel like running lane was like the first shock for me. I was just like, wow, I, all this hard work actually paid off. And I didn't think I was going to be able to win this at all. Like my dad was like, Oh, you can go win this. I'm like, you're funny. You think (laughs) I can win this? I'm like, I don't think so. And just like winning it and having people believe in me really helped me get there and, It was just amazing to be able to improve that much and be able to win national championships
0: one i think one of the first times i heard your name was uh, correct me if i'm wrong but i think you were the runner like mile split did a workout wednesday with you back in the day when they used to do those i feel like they don't do them anymore um and i think it was like four by mile and you average like in the 450s or something something absolutely absurd and i remember it just like lit the internet um do you remember that workout and like what were some of those crazy workouts you did back in the day
1: Yes, I did a uh, four mile. It wasn't with mile split at the time, but I did it with my dad. My dad used to bike next to me. So I would run, um, he always tells me paces that are a little bit slower than what I'm supposed to hit. I'm just, he'll say like hit five tens or whatever. And then it's just up to me. He says <laughs> that for a reason, because he says five minutes, I'm gonna try and go 450 basically. That's just how I am. That's my type of personality. I'd rather be too fast on the paces than too slow. so And I can't pace to save my life, so (laughs) that's also a double whammy. But yeah, I ran um, that workout, went well, probably went a little bit too fast on it, in my opinion. And then I did a four-mile tempo at 5.15 pace with the boys a couple of times. And then I also did one last four-mile tempo at, 510 as well and then one of my good workouts i had before new balance indoors the two mile i ran um a mile at five minutes and then two miles at like 1002 and then i run our mile at um 458
0: Jeez. and then i had a
1: really good workout there so i had a really good um two mile there right
0: you ran 944 which i think was the number two all time right behind caitlin too if yes, i'm not mistaken I, did.
1: I that race i felt really really good and i was really happy with that race i think that was my favorite race i've done before
0: so that cross country season we were just talking about you ended up being the gatorade girls national cross country player of the year what was that like was that shocking surprising did you expect it and looking back on it today obviously when you go down the list of previous winners, it's like Olympians, American record holders, NCAA champions. So to be a part of that list, like what does that mean to you?
1: That was really shocking to me. Like whenever, so they were trying to hide it. And my dad, um, he left his computer on with the email oh no. saying like what to do and all that stuff. I walked by the computer, like past the computer, but like, I didn't look at the computer. Like I remember it being on and all that stuff. My dad was like, Oh shoot. Did you look at the computer? I'm like, no. Why would I look at the computer? And the next day, Um, I did not want to get ready at all for this. And I was like, I don't want to get ready and all that stuff. They said, like, the news was coming. I'm like, I don't want to get ready. Can I just, like, show up like this? And all my team was like, no, you can't show up (laughs) like this. They all knew. And I walked in over there, and I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, it was just a huge honor to um, be a named Gatorade Player of the Year and being part of that big list and i'm just like that's just crazy to me i was just in shock i had no words
0: i i'm i don't even know the name of it i feel like you went to some fancy award show because of winning the gatorade what was that like what was the name was of the, the show best? too <laughs> yeah what was uh, that like it
1: was it was really fun it was really la da like i would get my hair done and get my makeup done it was so nice and we get like these little gifts we had these lockers and they would have like these little gifts and they'd be like clothes or like Jordan shoes and all that stuff. Every single day we get like a new gift. And then um, they would have like an arcade at the event. So after like the awards, we would go play in the arcade and then we get these like points to get like this, these jerseys and all that stuff. And I got a jersey, so that was great. And (laughs) it was just really fun. I loved Hollywood a lot.
0: It was in Hollywood?
1: It was in Hollywood. No yeah. way.
0: So they flew you out to Hollywood, Hollywood for the...
1: And then we hiked to the Hollywood sign and all that stuff.
0: Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, speaking of, like, places that running has taken you, what are some of your favorite places that running has taken you in your life? I mean, Hollywood's got to be I... up there.
1: <laughs> Hollywood is definitely my favorite place, but I I like Stanford a lot. I feel like I like that. That place is really pretty. I love Pal- Palo Alto. And I also like where... Um, woodbridge was at that was really fun um i would say alabama because it was fun race but there's nothing to do in alabama (laughs) um footwalker is really fun i enjoyed that one and yeah
0: so you're a big cali girl because you just named four california places Cali,
1: yes actually though
0: um one final question regarding your high school career if you could go back and give your high school self one piece of advice what would it be probably
1: don't Care like what other people think of you. I feel like that has stopped me a lot and made me um, overthink some things. But yeah, I don't, sorry, I don't really know that No,
0: much. no, that is such good I probably advice. I have
1: to think about that question.
0: No, no, no. What you just said is perfect. I mean, <laughs> if you want to change what you would tell your high school self, that's great. But like, I think that is a principle I've heard is such successful people talk about on the podcast is like, Yeah, like you're on life to live your own life. Like, don't don't care about what other people think. And there's the saying, like, comparison is the thief of joy. And I think that's so true. Like, you know, why do we care about what other people think when it's like we're not on life to please other people? Um, Yeah. And a quote I came across a few months ago that's so impactful is um, don't get too busy watching other people live their lives that you forget to live your own I was like, whoa. Um, and it's like, I feel like as humans, we're constantly watching what other people are doing, constantly comparing ourselves to other people that we forget to actually yeah, make something that of that our own life. Yeah, can
1: be really overwhelming at times. So
0: I love that advice. I'll take that advice. <laughs> um, one question I have for you, bridging the gap between high school and college. Like, obviously, as we've kind of illustrated, you were incredibly accomplished in high school. Great me I'm wrong, but you really could have gone anywhere you wanted. So why Oklahoma yeah. State?
1: Uh, I liked Oklahoma State because whenever I walked in there, they just felt like family. I liked the coaches a lot, and they were always really sweet, and I feel like they really actually cared for me as a person, as well as a runner, but more as a person as a whole and all that stuff, and I loved the team here. The team were really sweet as well, and... They're just really nice, and I loved them to death. It just felt really homey.
0: So a question I have to ask you, when was the first time you ran on the Oklahoma State cross-country course, and what were your first impressions of it?
1: It wasn't on my visit. Well, actually, it was on my visit. I, I didn't run the course, but I ended up going on like a little go-kart tour, in a way. I was in like the back, and we did like we just went around the course it was really hilly and all that stuff. Whenever I first ran the course, whenever I first got here and we had a workout on there and I was dying. I was like, what is this? We're running like six ten pace. And I'm like over here, just like, it's so hard. How am I supposed to run this for nationals and all that stuff? Yeah, the course is no joke. They were not, Dave was not joking whenever he said this course is hard it's gonna kick your butt
0: what are some of the biggest differences you think between high school running and collegiate running
1: um i'd say with a college running i feel like more people are more close together like by talent, like how good they are and all that stuff like in high school if you were running the times you're running in college you'd probably be way ahead of everyone else i noticed in my first race Everyone was so together in the first race. I wasn't used to all these people. I was like, what's going on here? Like, they're still here? Like, we're halfway here. Halfway done with the race and all these people are still here. It was just crazy to me. My first race, I was just in shock.
0: Inside of running, like, what have been some of your favorite things to do at Oklahoma State, like around Stillwater?
1: Hmm. I like to get gelato with the girls. I think it's fun. And then we played Monopoly the other day, which is also really fun. And I like watching, like, the sunset, the sunset as well. And during, whenever I first got here, I used to run and watch, like, the sunrises with everyone.
0: Sunrises and sunsets, like, you can't beat them. I could talk about the sunset all day. Like, I'm, if you go through my camera roll, it's just, like, all sunset pictures. (laughs) Like, I'm,
1: like, right when I got here, everything, just camera roll of just, like, pictures of just sunsets.
0: So sunset or sunrise, girl?
1: probably sunset because yeah. practice is now at 2
0: 30. <laughs> I'm curious uh, I actually don't know the answer to this or if there is a correct answer do you think there's a season that is associated with like a better sunset um like summer winter fall I'm sure it depends on the location but like do you think one is better than the other I feel like it would I mean, probably be summer
1: summer yeah. I think it'd be summer but I don't know for sure
0: yeah that's what I would think but also I, I'm as we're in spring it just turned spring i feel like it's still winter in ohio because it's always cold here um but like one thing that i love is the days are starting to get longer and that's another thing i love about the summer and sunsets is it's like nine thirty and the sun is just starting to set and it's just like yeah. so different whereas here in the winter <laughs> the sun sets at like five thirty, and you're like didn't even realize it was setting and now it's dark like this sucks
1: exactly so you're just like ah
0: yeah. So talking about you running within the NCAA, what are some of the biggest lessons you've learned over the past like two years? You're a sophomore, right? Um, I'm a freshman. Freshman man. <laughs> <laughs> you're too fast. I'm like, you should be older <laughs> with the times you're running. Okay. As a freshman in this first year of running, uh, what are the biggest lessons you've learned?
1: I've learned not to lead a race right at the beginning. I learned that the hard way. I think. <laughs> my, um, my big 12 race, The two freshmen decided to lead, and I ended up paying the price big time in that race. And after that, Dave Dave was like, why would you go out so quickly (laughs) and lead the whole entire time? What was the point of it? I'm like, we're some dumb freshmen, Dave. He's like, yes, y'all are dumb freshmen. So that's a joke he makes with us
0: talking about coach Dave Smith. I feel like he's a legend. I've watched interviews with him and I'm like, I love this guy. Um, (laughs) There's a, there's some stupid NCAA compliance rule where I can't interview college coaches because I'm in high school. Yeah. And they deem it as recruiting, even though it's like, I'm not fast enough to run for half these coaches that I would have on. Um, They're like, they consider it a recruiting violation. So not sure how that makes sense. But anyways, Um, I would love to get Coach Smith on the podcast someday because he is just this, like, character but also just has such a history of excellence. So what's it been like being under him and, like, maybe what are some lessons you've learned from being under him?
1: I I love Dave. He's really funny, and I think he really – I feel like I can come to him about anything. I love talking to him all the time about, like, any other problems I have outside of running. He's always there to listen to me, and – I feel like he tries to play mind games with me in a way. I feel like sometimes I doubt my confidence and he's just like, he just, um, I feel like he's really good at boosting it.
0: So I was just on your Oklahoma State profile, which they have not updated. So forgive me for getting any of this wrong. But this past cross country season, um, I believe it was the big 12 championships, or the regionals but pretty sure it's big 12 when you and taylor your teammate uh, came across the line with each other what was that race like can you take us through that and oh, i feel like so a legendary fun. picture came out of it where you guys were just okay. having fun side by side going into the finish line
1: okay so before the race dave was like i do not want you to actually race this race just tempo it please i beg and i was like okay so Taylor was called the leader of the group. So we all had to follow Taylor. And we're supposed to be like in the middle of the pack. And then by the end of it, we were like towards the lead of the pack. And Dave was like, what are y'all doing right now? You're supposed to be in the middle. I'm not trying to win this thing. But me and Taylor, we were all like talking the whole entire time. I was like, Gabby, are you still here? Are you still in the pack? And she's like, yes, I'm here, Natalie. <laughs> Just <laughs> laughing her butt away. And then we, I noticed like it's like halfway through the race, we're a little bit like behind in a way. So our team wasn't actually going to qualify. So me and Taylor looked at each other, we started freaking out. So we sprinted up to the front of the pack. And um. And then Taylor was like, let's not win the race. Or was, Dave is probably not going to be happy <laughs> with us. So we let the girl take off. We ended up being second and third. And like before we crossed the finish line, I was like, Taylor, let's Let's do a go pokes type thing so we can get a cool picture out of this. She's like, Yeah, let's do go pokes. So we do this. We're like, Go Pokes. And then my friends back home send it to me and also be like, You're hilarious. <laughs>
0: I love that. So uh, a few weeks later the NCAA championships happens on your home course. What was that experience like? Again, your profile's not updated and my memory is not that good. I wanna I'm gonna guess you play seventh is that correct yes, I did. let's go okay my memory is good, good you, job. you play seventh uh, i'm a natalie cook enthusiast i'm a big fan <laughs> so i do remember seventh uh what was that experience like that race like obviously this year just so stacked with caitlin with park with parker it's like so many amazing girls so what was it like to play so low at that incredible event
1: it was crazy leading up to the race dave didn't want us to lead at all and he wanted to stay like in the middle of the pack towards in the beginning of the race so I went out in like 60th place I think in the first mile and then we were allowed to move up if we felt good it's just so we don't end up blowing up and ruining so our team we wanted and end up podium but sadly we didn't get in the top three we ended up still on the podium but yeah you understand that but yeah I thought the race went really well I was really pleased with it i thought it was really cool to race with um caitlin and parker and all these talented ladies i thought it was like a really cool thing to experience and i thought the vibe there because so many oklahoma state people were there it was really cool
0: so i'm curious how much do you think like the home course advantage benefits you guys in terms of like you do workouts on it all the time like how much do you go into the race with what you think? More experience and the preparedness to go out in sixtieth, but no, like all of you guys don't know what's coming, and we do.
1: <laughs> exactly. I feel like we have we have like a lot of advantage because we've been running this course since the first day we stepped on the campus again, and most people they ended up going out too fast and they ended up dying the second loop because that's when the big hill hits right there and the last one k. It's uphill to get up to the finish. It's just, it's so, that course is really hard. And if you don't know how to race it right, you're not going to, you're going to end up blowing up.
0: So I think like two weeks later, you go to BU. Again, hopefully my memory is right here. I think you ran 1524 in the 5K. What was that experience like? And I mean, 1524 as a freshman, that's like, I'll say that's comparable to your sub five as an eighth grader. (laughs) I'm still amazed by that.
1: So I was... I was actually that happy about that race, but I'm I'm pretty hard on myself, in my opinion. I feel like I set all these big expectations for myself. And my coach Dave was like, "That's so good. Why are you upset about this?" I'm like, "I don't know. I just have really hard expectations on me." But um, I felt like it was good because I haven't ran indoor race since new balance the two mile my senior year i thought it was like really hard like i almost like fell and in- off the track basically because i just ended up being shoved the whole night of time but i was pleased to get the qualifier so i was happy and i got a pr so <laughs>
0: We'll take it. You can never complain I'll with a PR. Uh, so right now you're dealing with a little bit of a hiccup. I'm curious, as you like view outdoors, like what's your tentative plan and perspective on it? Because I think perspective is a big thing where like you've definitely cultivated the right perspective over the years with injuries, where as we've talked about throughout this conversation, like injuries just suck. But a lot of times if you view them the right way and have the right perspective, you can actually use that time to improve, not necessarily like get crazy fit, but maybe work on some of those smaller things like the mental skills or taking a step back from the sport, like things like that. So what's your perspective on this outdoor season as you are going through a hiccup right now?
1: Um, so for this outdoor season, I will not be competing in it, sadly. Um, during leading up to nationals, I was having a foot injury issue. It flared up on me doing, we did a three mile tempo, then a minute rest, and then a two mile tempo. And then we did four 200s afterwards, and I think my foot just got aggravated from it. And then afterwards, I ended up running on the boost the whole entire time leading up to nationals. And then I tried running some 200s. My foot was still flaring up on me before the race as well. And then I ran the race, and then afterwards, my foot was all messed up. I couldn't elliptical the next day. I couldn't walk, and I was like, what's going on here. It got better though walking around like the next couple of days and I was able to elliptical again, but then my coach just wanted me to get an MRI just in case. So I ended up getting the MRI. They said I have a stress reaction in my navicular bone again and tendinitis. And they said I won't be able to, um, I'm basically gonna be out until the end of May. So it was a bummer hearing that, but i dealt with this injury before except it's been way worse so i know more about like how to cross train like before i got injured with this injury i did not know to cross train at all like my heart was probably like 120 on that elliptical now i actually know how to cross train and um i definitely developed better mental skills and how to get through it
0: so like If you don't mind sharing, how do you keep your head up high with adversity like that? Of course, we've talked about injuries uh, thoroughly throughout this podcast, but like, do you think those injuries in the previous years have prepared you for something like this where obviously it is crushing to miss what you love most? Um, Not saying you like track more than cross country, but what you love most as in like running a whole season, obviously that's a tough pill to swallow. So how do you keep your head up high and how do you maybe think the injuries in the past have prepared you for moments like these?
1: Um, I feel like the injuries in the past, have, like um, sorry, I feel like the injuries in the past have prepared me for this because I actually know that I can get through this because I've shown like after I got past this injury, this little bump in the road, like I bounce back. I get into shape pretty quickly after I get hurt, so I'm pretty motivated for this cross country season. I have a quite a while to get back into it, and. Yeah, I'm just pumped to be back running sometime soon in May, but yeah.
0: So I guess, how excited are you to watch your teammates crush it this season and kind of, you know, again, having a different perspective on it, like being able to kind of have that front seat to watching your teammates this season. Obviously you'd love to be there with them, but still being able to be like their number one cheerleader.
1: Yes, I'm really excited to watch them all kick butt. I watched them do a workout the other day and I was like, oh, I really wish I'd be out there, but they did really well and I'm excited to see what they will do. Hopefully, I can watch some live streams because I won't be able to go.
0: So, this cross country season, isn't the national meet in Virginia, right? I think so. I believe so, yeah. Yeah, yeah Wait, so.
1: Virgin- I feel no, like. No, it's. Oh, the. Cro- yeah. Like nationals.
0: Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So how excited are you about that course as opposed to like your homie i feel like it used to be in like the same three places and now they're really starting to like move it around it went from florida to your place to now virginia it's like going all over these days
1: i know it'll be fun to actually um go travel more i feel like because the cross country nationals was on our home course we didn't travel that much dave was like why would you travel? The course is right here. You don't need to go travel anywhere. So, we didn't really travel during cross country season that much. So, I'm excited to go actual travel now to go compete.
0: In high school and now in college as a freshman, having placed freaking seventh, like so incredible, how do you deal with the pressure that comes with obviously being an absolute legend within the sport at such a young age? Like, how have you dealt with that pressure? And what is some advice maybe to someone listening who's really fast at a really young age and inevitably will face that pressure.
1: I'd have to say, don't care what other people think of you because for me, I feel like towards the end of my senior year, I really, I really let it get to me. Like I knew the media was like looking at me. I got all these DMs all the time, like, oh, good luck at your race, I'll be watching you. And always be really stressed out about it. And I really had to take a step back during summer before coming to college and just be like, I run because I love it and I'm not doing it to please other people. Like if I do bad, it's okay. One bad race is not gonna determine your whole entire running career. And um, yeah, I don't go on media that often anymore just because of that. But I definitely okay. feel like my, pers- my, my sorry, my <laughs> perspective has changed a lot. Um since my senior year in high school i learned to dealt with the pressure and having pressure is good actually it's like nice that means like i don't know how to put in words but yeah.
0: well if you have pressure on yourself it means you're legitimately like one of the best because only the best <laughs> people get pressure and i think that's where the saying which i disagree with but like the saying pressure is a privilege I wouldn't want pressure personally, <laughs> but like yeah. I do think by that quote pressure they mean a privilege, yeah, yeah they mean like uh, it's a privilege to be as good as you are, which means like you're gonna get pressure. Um, I'm curious. Speaking, I think from my outside perspective, if I could like change one thing about the sport, it's definitely the amount of pressure we put on young talent because I think it just burns them out at a substantial rate. I'm curious from your perspective as someone who's been a part of the sport. If you could change some things within the sport of how things are run or done or things like pressure, like, what would they be?
1: I would just say, like, don't like I feel like a lot of people talk about other runners like not succeeding sometimes. And I feel like our sport shouldn't um, look at the negatives. Like some people might have a bad race, but you don't need to, like, talk about it that much. I feel like some people do that, and I feel like we need to get rid of all negativity.
0: I love that. side of running, which I guess is like cross-training for you or resting for you, so this is a perfect question for you. Um, something I've asked my guests in the past is like, what are some of the things outside of your sport that bring you joy in the day-to-day life right now?
1: Um, I would have to say hanging out with the girls. I feel like they're really supportive, and I enjoy hanging out with them. We actually had like a little St. Patrick party, and we had like a little... We filled up a little, um, like, pool. Like, it's like a small little floaty pool and all that stuff. We put bubbles in it and all that stuff. It was really fun. And then we played some ping pong. So that's all I – it was really fun, yeah.
0: Is Natalie Cook as good at ping pong as she is at running?
1: Yes, I am. Really? At ping pong. I've been playing since I was seven.
0: Wow. I love that. So yeah. what's, like the, what's, like, the record? Were you taking them down last Friday or
1: nah. – they didn't really play that much, but yeah, <laughs> I was kicking some people's butts.
0: Love it. Okay,
1: I, I kick my dad's butt all the time.
0: Yeah, how how competitive is the Cook family back home?
1: It's so competitive. Really? <laughs> well, me and my mom, not so much. But me and my dad were really competitive. Me and my dad, my brother so bad
0: <laughs> so one final question for you uh the question i ask every guest at the end of every episode if you had gordon ramsey coming over for dinner what would you choose to make for him
1: mm, what i choose to make for him
0: yeah chef
1: the only thing i can cook is eggs and toast so i guess he's getting eggs and toast <laughs> please forgive me
0: <laughs> you can call me up i'll come cook for you i'll be like your. i'll just like dress up in black you won't oh, know you won't know the difference believe. I love it. Well, Natalie, this has been so much fun. Really appreciate you coming on the show today and sharing your journey and not just the sunshine and rainbow moments, but like your journey as a whole. It's been so much fun. We'll definitely have to get you back on the show. So. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of The Running Effect with Dominic Schleter. I don't take your time for granted and I hope that today's episode impacted you and left you walking away inspired and all the more motivated to chase after your biggest goals and walking away a better version of yourself. Make sure you're following the podcast, have given us a five-star review and consider sharing with a friend. Through that, we can reach new people and hopefully inspire them in the process. Also, make sure you're following us on social media at The Running Effect to stay up to date on all the exciting projects and all the new episodes coming out generally we release two to three episodes per week so stay tuned for all of those coming your way shortly i hope you're running and life is going well guys keep chasing mastery and i will catch you in next episode